Beer It Is is a CSPN Media podcast production. Please visit our website at cspn.us for more episodes of Beer It Is and for ways to keep our podcast free for you. everybody my name is Nubias Wilborn the name of Marquis is beer it is on the CSPN network and today I am in Atlanta in Midtown but there is a taste of Richmond VA here as I am with the crew literally the owners the founders of this wonderful brewery called Hardywood gentlemen how's everybody doing and lady yes. <laughs> doing great thanks so much for yeah. having us so let's get right into it man you guys First of all, phenomenal event that we went to at the Porter, hanging out there, learning of your story. And literally, we're sitting there, and these guys are, like, telling us everything from their trip to Australia, how the name Hardywood came about. So I guess let's start from there for the audience. Tell us how Hardywood came to exist. Sounds good. So uh, Patrick and I um, grew up together in the Northeast, and... um, Always sort of talked about wanting to create a business together and both love, you know, being outdoors and doing adventurous things. And um, through a series of um, kind of coincidences, both ended up in Australia at a farm called Hardywood Park, which is where I did study abroad um, for a semester while I was in college. And um, we got to experience all kinds of fun things on the farm, um, worked our tails off when we were there and always finished the day with a glass of David Crawford's homebrewed beer. And for both of us, that was the first place that we had ever tasted homebrewed beer and just became fascinated with um, the incredible flavors that it could have and the fact that it could be made on such a small scale. And that was ultimately what inspired us to go home to the U.S. and get homebrew kits and start brewing. And one thing led to another. And here we are about 20 years later um, with... uh, what we are today. So Yeah, I think I think everyone who's a craft beer fanatic has that kind of epiphany moment that wow, craft beer is uh there's something really cool about it and uh and that was definitely it for us and, and so when we were looking for a, a name for this brewery, we thought what better what better name than the place that inspired us to, to get into craft beer and to start homebrewing. So the farm had been called Hardywood Park and uh the family that owned it um sold it some years before we opened and so now it lives on with uh, Hardywood Park Craft Brewery. And by the way, guys, this is Tobias Wilborn here on Beer It Is on the CSPN Network. Those voices you heard, that was Eric McKay and Patrick Murtaugh, the two friends who have founded these places. From what I heard, you guys like literally came out the womb knowing each other, right? We were buddies since we were really little. <laughs> yeah. Our parents were friends when we were toddlers. So. Okay, so Patrick, tell me one of your first memories of Mr. Uh, McKay here. Um, man, goes uh, way back to Goshen, Connecticut. So I, I grew up in New York City. We spent summers in Connecticut where Eric grew up. And I remember back uh, when we were probably six, seven years old, we used to uh, we used to f- be frog catchers. We used to go uh, wade around in the ponds and, and catch frogs and streams around uh, northwest Connecticut. And, uh, yeah, those are probably some of my most early memories of uh we had yeah. frog jumping contests. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick and I could catch some speedy frogs. So, so that's how you guys got to know each other. And then 
All right. Do you remember? Because what what years did you guys were over in Australia? That was uh, that was two thousand one. So I had uh, okay. Um, Eric was finishing up his study abroad program, and I had uh, just graduated college and was backpacking around with a friend of mine. And uh, yeah, that was right at the end of two thousand one. All right. So two thousand one. What were you guys drinking then? I mean, other than your man's homebrew, I mean, what were you guys drinking? So, uh, you know, we love trying different brands of beer, but pretty much everything we had tasted up until that point was adjunct lager, and it all tasted more or less the same. Right. And uh, so I think that was why that particular beer had such an impact on us, is that we had tried a bunch of different brands, but we really only tasted one style of beer. We had no idea beer could have flavor. And uh, kind of exciting going from, you know, a couple thousand breweries in the country down to only about 30 brewery companies Mm. around the time we were born. And now we're back up to about 6,000. And um, so we kind of had a, we're, we're born and raised in this kind of, you know, era of really only one style being available. And so it's exciting that so many other people have found that joy and love of variety in beer. And uh, we're living in a pretty amazing time right now for craft beer. So that, so like back 2001, because I remember, see, for me, I graduated college in 2003. So Atlanta was just coming on. But first, I was drinking Newcastle Brown Ale. Sure. Yeah, that was kind of where it started. I was like, oh, wow, beer can actually do things. And it was yeah. a place locally, um, Atlanta Brewing Company no longer exists, that made a brown ale. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. And so seeing like how that goes, but you guys, take it into Richmond. What was the scene in Richmond before you guys came out in 2011? So there's a mainstay brewery in Richmond called Legend Brewing Company. They're also known for their brown ale, and uh, they've been around for about 22 or 23 years now. Um, they started as a brew pub restaurant, and there had been a couple of other breweries that had sort of come and gone in the Richmond market, um, but uh, at the time that we opened, there was only one brewery in the city of Richmond, and that wow. was Legend. So here we are, six years later, there have been... Uh, one reason we chose Richmond was because the laws were... Um, becoming a lot more favorable for craft beer. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. with the change of the taproom law, it's called, um, about a year after we opened that we helped to, to get passed, um, serving beer at taprooms became legal, and that certainly opened the doors for a lot more breweries to, to start. And we've seen the number of breweries in Richmond go from two of us at the time we started to about 35 in the Richmond region. Now. Wow, that's big. I mean, cause like that, I mean, Richmond's a big city, but it's not a huge city. That's a lot of beer per capita, man. It's a pretty yeah. concentrated area, and there's some breweries in Richmond making some really stellar beer. So for us, it's exciting seeing uh, Richmond go from being, again, somewhat of a, a beer desert to being a beer destination. All right, so you guys know in Georgia, it's a three-tier mm-hmm. system, meaning that you they just now let it where you can actually, as a customer, go buy beer directly from the brewery. How did Virginia loss? Very similar. Yeah, I mean, when we started, it was... Um, yeah, you, you could give away free samples and you can sell beer to go. So it was very similar to what Georgia was not mm. too long ago. And uh, that law passing basically allowed us to sell glasses of our beer in our tap room. And it really opened up this opportunity to, to better market our beer to the public. Um, it was uh, given opportunity for us to hold events that brought the community in and mm. uh, raise money for different nonprofits and, uh, and, and bring people in and a lot of times experience our beer for the first time to serve to them by people that knew a lot about Hardywood. They could, they could, talk about Hardywood and, and brewing and beer and um, that's not always the case at restaurants There's, they don't always have the time to have a dialogue with the bartender and the bartender might not know all that much about each brewery they're serving um, so it's yeah it's really a great opportunity to to 
introduce people to our beer. Yeah, I mean, because I find it interesting how you want to get the name out there, but like if you can't sell per pint, I know in Georgia they had tours. You guys had to do that too, where you guys had to like, okay, we'll sell your glass for ten dollars, and you can get this many pours. We couldn't even do that in Virginia. Oh it was wow, two ounce samples maximum, and uh, and then to go beer. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that is like really rudimentary. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was a game changer for us, and I think uh, with all these breweries opening up, just I think it it really created this this brewery tourism scene that uh, you see people coming from all over the country and outside the country to to come visit. And we had a few people from out of town come to visit us when it was really just us and Legend. But now I think people come and they can go to many different breweries and stay in some of the local hotels and eat in some of the great restaurants we have in Richmond. So. It's just one more reason to come and visit Richmond or, or any town that has a great beer scene, a brewery scene like that. How do you guys play together? We, Richmond plays together pretty well. So we have a group called Richmond Breweries United. We nice. partner with Richmond Region Tourism. And if people come in and they visit five or more breweries um, that are participating in this group, you get a cool rich, you know, um, Richmond, beer, or Richmond we have Breweries United hat. or a Yeah, rich, rich, Richmond Tourism has helped us uh, you know, invest a little bit in these little... Gifts we can give out. Okay. You know, uh, get your name checked off a list on your sixth brewery or so. You get, yeah, a hat or a uh, some sunglasses, and they every other month they'll buy a new item we can give away. It's nice. certainly competitive, but at the end of the day, you know that high caliber of beer just sort of forces you to keep reinventing yourselves and to stay on your toes and, and to keep making the best beer possible. And speaking of that, let's get into. By the way, guys, listening to beer is honestly it's been everywhere. My name is Tobias Wilborn, and I am here. With the founders, the co-founders of this fine brewery called Hardywood out of Richmond, VA, Eric McKay and Patrick Murtaugh. Elizabeth's also here, kind of hanging out on the side, making sure we don't screw this up. So shout out to her. (laughs) But let's get into the beer. All right. You talked about it yesterday, but for the audience, tell us what was the first beer you guys produced and tell us how that beer came about. So as home brewers, um, I think Patrick and I wanted to start a brewery pretty early on like many home brewers do Um, we also decided we wanted to work in the industry first to learn how beer got to market and so we found jobs working for a beer distributor in new york city and that was a company that not only represented some great american craft breweries like sierra nevada and allagash but it also represented all of the trappist beers that were at that time imported into the u.s so beers like chimay and orval and west mall were all sold by this company and we were fascinated with the Belgian doubles and triples and quads and love the character that they had. We love the food pairing opportunities that they created. Um, But at the end of the day, those are strong beers and Mm -hmm. they're they're tough to really, you know, you can't have a session with a a bunch of quads (laughs) or you'll regret it the next day. So um, we decided, we started becoming really interested in these Belgian style table beers. And so as home brewers, we felt like, um, you know, Working in the industry, we were representing all these American brewers that were leading with pale ales and IPAs. Mm-hmm. And we thought if we were going to make it as a craft brewery that we really ought to differentiate ourselves and have a style that was complementary to what was out there. So again and again and again, we brewed what our concept of this Belgian table beer was. Mm. And um, it wasn't until years into it, um, we had probably brewed 50 or 60 renditions of this and were never quite pleased with it, but never gave up on trying to, to perfect the style that uh, Patrick was in brewing school. You can maybe... Yeah, it was... Um, it was... Because uh, you went to Seibel. What's that? I went to, yeah, Seibel in Chicago. Siebel, sorry, it, was, it was a program called the World Brewing Academy that, mm-hmm. that does about a month and a half in Chicago. Um, 
at Seabowl, um, same actual brewing school that my great grandfather went to in 1908. My great uncle went to, and I think it was 1938. Wow! Um, but then the second half of the program, you go to Munich and you study at uh, the Dumans Academy, and um, so uh, we had a long weekend. And uh, I'd always want to go to the West Flatiron Brewery. That was the one Trappist beer you can't get outside the Abbey, and. Then, there's this whole thing where you have to call and make an appointment to get a case of beer. And so I did that after uh, every break of class, I go and, and call up the hotline at, uh, yeah, I love at, they had a hotline. at the St. Yeah. And you get a busy signal most times, it's like calling into a radio station. Oh, wow. And eventually you get through and they tell you what's available and, and uh, you make an appointment. And you drive up there and so with some, some classmates and, uh, we uh, drove up, they put a case of beer in the trunk and I got my, uh, I think it was West Letter and 10. And, nice. uh, and then in the cafe, they served their, their house beer. And uh, it was a, a Belgian Blondale. And that was kind of exactly what we had talked about this beer being, but we had never kind of hit on the nose. And mm. it was a little bit hoppier, a little bit drier than most uh, Belgian blondes that, that we had tried. And uh, so eventually when I got back to the States, I, I tried sort of mimicking that beer um, on my homebrew setup a few times. And I think... I tried a couple of them with Eric, and I think finally he said, okay, that's it. That's the one we have to do. Mm-hmm. It, was, yeah, it um, was just, he nailed it. It was drier. It was had a little more of the spice character from the Saz hop, so we had a hop addition change and added a little, um, some um, turbinado sugar to ultimately burn it out a little bit. Some turbinado sugar to dry it out, and it's got this beautiful dry finish, extremely well-balanced, the perfect seafood and... and uh, barbecue pairing beer and still got a touch of that kind of uh, tropical fruit up front from the Belgian yeast love it love so it it's unlike just about any other beer on the market and it's still our best selling beer today and uh, it's one that we're excited to bring to the Atlanta market yeah and speaking of that by the way guys listen to Beer that's on the Shipsman Network my name is Tobias Wilborn here with the boys from Hardy Wood and Elizabeth of course making sure we don't screw this up <laughs> making sure we get everything right all the details and more of Hardywood, Eric and Patrick. So, man, let's let's wrap, man. Tell me about the beers that Atlanta will first see. Um, some of the Pilsner, the, the Vipa, and Baltic Sunrise, as well as that single. So, yeah, uh, our flagship beers that are now available in Atlanta are our German Pilsner called Hardywood Pils. It's built with brewed with all Weirman Pilsner malt. Um, it's brewed with German hops. It's again a beautifully beautifully balanced beer. Um, we pride ourselves in our quality assurance program, and while Pilsner is a very challenging style to brew, um, we really take a, a high-level grain-to-glass approach to, to quality assurance that's ultimately enabled this beer to become one of the top-rated Pilsners in the country. And uh, that one will be available alongside Single, um, the Belgian Blonde Ale, which is 6.2%. Um, we also have Vipa, which is a beer kind of inspired by our hope to create the perfect IPA for the Southeast. It's great for both um, not only the sort of fairly mild winters we have, but it's perfect on a hot summer day. It's only 5.2% alcohol. We use some local hops, some local grains. Um, We finish it with uh, mosaic and azaka hops that bring out this sort of mango and tropical fruit addition. We use an American IPA yeast, so it's a nice clean yeast that focuses on the the harmony of both... um, pleasant grains, but also these tropical hops that, you know, we use uh, Virginia Cascade hops for bittering, and then the tropical hops for aroma, and the, the harmony is just awesome, um, kind of from grapefruit to mango and uh, passion fruit, and uh, again, really approachable at 5.2% alcohol, 
and uh, also a great pairing with um, local cuisine. It goes great with everything from crab cakes to barbecue. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> and then we have our root series. Um, these are beers made with locally grown ingredients. Um, the current beers in that series um, are Hopkeeper, um, which is a, an IPA with honey. Um, we have Peach Triple, um, which is a Belgian-style triple with mm-hmm. peach, yellow peaches. And by the way, I had that beer to show the audience. That beer was phenomenal, man. Thank the you. Co- <clears throat> the color on it's really fun, and it smells good, too, man. It smells, Thanks. it looks good. It has a really good feeling to it. Yeah, we have to use a a lot of peaches to get that flavor to come through. We don't use uh, any natural flavoring or anything in that. It's all uh, just real fruit, actual real fruit. So you source the peaches local? I guess it's a root series, right? Yeah, that's the only one we're having a little trouble, just finding someone to process those peaches. There are plenty of great peach growers in Virginia, Mm -hmm. but for that one, we're just uh, trying to find someone that can actually de-skin them and de-pit them. And uh, so I mean, that's a lot of work at the brewery. Start adding more <laughs> is, yeah. Yeah. Virginia peaches to that one, but um, Virginia but yeah, we blackberry over... we've been uh, scaling up year after year, and this year we'll use probably three thousand pounds of Virginia blackberries. Yeah, um, wow, which uh, is also a, a challenge. Um, we've got a great relationship with Agriberry Farm, and um, we've they make they grow incredible berries, and uh, yeah, these berries are like the size of your thumb. They're they're like a two biter blackberry. They're really. Wow. Uh, Incredible. So that beer, Virginia Blackberry, will come out in um, the end of June, early July, and it's a 6.8% approach to a Belgian wit beer. So it's a little stronger than a wit beer, mm. and instead of any curacao orange peel or coriander, we're just using the blackberries, which are re-fermented in the beer. You end up with this dry, you know, pleasantly fruity, um, really refreshing, um, but complex ale that uh, we're excited to bring to the market. And then the Barrel Series, we, we're one of the largest barrel aging breweries on the east coast and in the summertime we sort of shift from barrel aged stouts and belgian quads to doing uh and mostly bourbon and uh, rum barrels to more white wine barrels so we use freshly dumped white wine barrels to create um, two different barrel aged beers that are released throughout the summer the current barrel series beer from hardywood is cuvee peach mm. which is a blend of um, barrel aged um, batches of uh, peach triple and the next one, which will come out later this summer, is Cuvée Gold. And that's a Belgian strong golden ale, about 8.5% alcohol, that's been aged in freshly dumped Sauvignon Blanc barrels. Wow, that's impressive. And by the way, let people know where they can find you guys on the internet, on Twitter, and all those other fine places. At Hardywood is our main hashtag for Twitter, for Instagram. Um, Hardywood.com is our website. And on Facebook, you can just search for us by Hardywood. Um, we have an Instagram, a local Instagram account. Uh, at Hardywood ATL for our happenings around the Atlanta market and hope people will check us out there, follow us, and uh, come out and try our beer. We're, we're revamping our website right now, but we're going to have a, a fully working beer finder on that that uh, people can go and find our beer. Yeah, and I'm excited, man. I'll tell you what, I was telling you guys yesterday, we get a lot of people who trade for your beer out of this out of this area going back south and so to see you guys coming it's going to be really great for the city awesome and speaking of what's great for the city go check out my friends at busted tees when we come back we're going to tell you about the good folks at busted tees but also we're going to end the show with our six-pack challenge Ooh, <laughs> exciting i like the folks at busted tees stick and stay here it is right back Real quick, let me tell you about the good folks at BustedTees.com. 
that is where you can order all types of exciting and fun t-shirts to support this podcast and help keep it free so look man you can go on shop at bustedtees.com all you got to do is just go on cspn.us or cspn.us click on the keep our podcast free link click on the busted tees banner then shop for your t-shirts when you do that they send us some bread what we do with the bread is we buy better equipment we for me i go to different breweries and we talk about what this game is so do that Buy your t-shirts, support us, show us some love, and we'll show you love. Bust the tees through CSPN.us. All right, boys and girls, welcome back to Beer It Is on the CSP Network. Once again, my name is Nubias Woolborn, here with Eric and Patrick, the two founders, co-owners, friends, literally, I mean, they came out the womb and they were boys, their parents go back. So really, shout out to these two gentlemen for bringing this good beer to Atlanta. So real quick, guys, tell us about the system you guys are brewing on before we get into our six-pack challenge. These guys have just upgraded. Yeah, so we started with a... Tw- well, we really started when we first moved in our original building. We started with a 20-gallon uh, pilot system. Nice. From uh, more beer that uh, we were using and testing our reps- recipes on while we were waiting for our 20-barrel Newland system. And uh, so we were brewing on the uh, NSI... 20-barrel, three-vessel system for uh, about, uh, yeah, I mean, up until now, really. So, and continuing, we're going to keep using it. But we Mm -hmm. uh, just opened our new brewery about 20 minutes from the old one that um, is, we have a uh, four-vessel, 60-barrel Browcon system. Nice. That's Cadillac there, man. Yeah. Rolls Royce of brewery. It's a nice one. It's it's one I've always uh, dreamed of of brewing on. so our head brewer Brian Nelson's been hard at work, uh, working out, uh, working out all the little details and getting that set up, and uh, it's uh, finally up and running and producing some of the best beer we've ever made. And then tell us a little bit about your Charlottesville location. So that's going to be a place we can get some cool one-offs, right? So Charlottesville, yeah. we opened a little over a year ago. It's a three and a half barrel uh, premier stainless brew house. We do a lot of research and development brewing there. We're constantly coming up with new ideas for for beers to to brew and. Usually we're testing those in our tap rooms, so you can come to the Charlottesville, the West Creek, or the Richmond tap room to try some of the beers we're brewing on that scale. And if those recipes are well received, we're generally, now we have the flexibility to scale those up on the 20 barrel system, the hope being that some of those will start making it in in small batches mm-hmm. um, when we can into the Atlanta market. So keep your eyes posted for some of your favorite independent bottle shops and um, favorite beer-centric restaurants to get uh, some limited releases of um Primarily 16-ounce cans that we'll be uh, producing and uh, packaging in uh, the down the original downtown 20-barrel brew house. Yeah, and guys, like I said, I met some of the other people. I met the um, salesperson who's going to be based out of Atlanta. So we'll be in touch. So I'll be in touch with you as the market. Let people know what's going on. So let's get into the six-pack challenge. Because these guys got to roll and get out here and go sell some beer. All right, question one. What is your fondest your memory starting with Eric in about 2006 I got to go to the 99th annual Aventinus festival at the Schneider brewery in Kelheim Germany with my wife and that was just an incredible beer experience that I'll remember for the rest of my life uh I think I was telling you a little bit about this yesterday but uh probably uh my time working at uh at uh, brewery Heller Trum in uh in Bamberg Germany the the brewery that makes uh, Schlankerla the famous smoked beer um, got a got an opportunity to apprentice there for a little bit, and uh, uh, 
got got to uh, got to fill wooden casks of Schlankerla in their uh, thousand year old cellar, which was wow. uh, pretty incredible. And it didn't, didn't turn up too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So now, next question starts with you, Patrick. If you could have a beer with any five people in the world, who would those people be? Oh man, the five five people. Okay. Yes. Uh, let's see. Dead or alive, actually. I even, I'll even look at Okay. Here. All right. Well, you got to go with the luminaries. You got to go with um, Michael Jackson, Garrett Oliver. I love Garrett. Um, Maybe both Michael Jacksons. I, both Michael Jackson. Sure, yeah. Dude. <laughs> <That's dude. laughs> um, king of pop and king of beer right there. Uh, let's see. Who else? Um, All right. So you got three. It's, it's got to be um, Ken Grossman, Sierra Nevada. I mean, okay. one of the guys that started this whole thing. Um Let's see who else. How about your great great grandfather? Man, there you go. My great great grandfather, the guy mm-hmm. who uh, came here in 1890 to, to to be a brewer and was a brewmaster of a hundred thousand plus barrel a year brewery in Springfield, Massachusetts. Definitely him. And uh, <clears throat> fifth, let's see. You got five in there. You got five. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was gonna say this is where this is where this is where guys who, who love their wives say, "Hey, I want my wife to have the experience." With me. <laughs> What's oh man! Yeah. Just can't. Just I'll throw, I'll throw my wife in there. Uh, hey, guys! Like to have a beer with. Yeah, I want her to have the experience. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Eric, what about you? Oh boy, um, I think uh, for me it would probably be. Um, gosh, um, I don't know. I might go off the beer chart a little. Um, I think uh, Steph Curry would probably be a pretty cool guy to have a beer with. Um, I put him on there. Um, I'd say, oh gosh, this is a tough one. <laughs> tough one. Um, I don't know, help me out here. <laughs> um, so this is all five together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're sitting around the table. So I'm going to say Steph Curry would definitely add some interesting dynamic there. Um, I'd have to put Ken Grossman on there too. I think he's, you know, just in so many ways um, inspired everything that this country is enjoying from a craft beer standpoint um, and has done it with such integrity. Um, I'd put, um, gosh, Mother Teresa, maybe? Mm, right. uh, Coming to enjoy a beer yeah. with us? I'd love to okay. hear her perspective <laughs> on things. Um, and uh, I'd put... Uh, David Crawford. David Crawford on there, the guy that kind of inspired Hardywood, you know, from the very beginning. He's a... A really entertaining and engaging and fun guy, and yeah, I think it'd be fun to have him there. And I'll throw my wife on there as well, <laughs> Rebecca. She's been with us since the early homebrewing days and helping us, you know, pick hops in the backyard garden, and has supported this dream from a very early time. So um, I think she'd be the perfect fifth person to have. There you go. Perfect All right. first person to have. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> it shouldn't be very shocking, but you know what's next, right? No. What are you serving them? Oh, oh man, it's getting tough. <laughs> I'm not good at testing. <laughs> yeah. Does it. it have to be a Hardywood beer? It could be whatever you want. I mean, it could be your beer. It could be a beer you make Gosh. for them specifically. Whatever you want it to be. God, I'd say I'd say it. I'd say it has to be our beer. I, I would first of all love to see what my great great grandfather would uh, have to say about gingerbread stout. That's uh, <laughs> in, in his day, he probably can't even fathom the style of beer he would yeah. never dream up or yeah. want to dream up in those days. Um, but uh, especially coming from Germany, the uh, Heinzgebotten would just uh, explode. Uh, <clears throat> let's see what else. Um, Ken Grossman, you got to have a Sierra Nevada, right? <laughs> 
Or your version of it. Or my version of a Sierra Nevada. Yeah. A, um, yeah. A, uh, here you go. A New England IPA with Ken Grossman. There you go. Uh, Ken Grossman circa 1980. <laughs> mm, Taking it all the way back. All right. <laughs> um, what else? Yeah. Tropication, sure. That'd be the one. Um, Tropication's one of our uh, our IPAs that we brewed in really small batches uh, mm-hmm. recently. New England style. <clears throat> so this is good. one beer to serve all five. Or it could be it could be a beer each. Okay. It could be whatever you want it to be. You could say, all right, this is the beer we're going to have and we're going to sit. We could do it like a dinner style. Whatever you want to do well yeah i'll start with those two i don't know you can uh i think uh my wife loves richmond lager it's a, a brand new beer that we started doing this summer it's not yet mm-hmm. available in the atlanta market but it may be one day um it's a really refreshing five percent lager beer um with wireman pills malt we use some um local uh cascade hops that give it this pleasant citrus character nice and uh and then for the rest i think i'd serve hardywood single i think it's kind of you know our pride and joy and and the result of um Dozens and dozens of homebrewed attempts that uh, have finally come together into what we envisioned as being this really unique, interesting beer um, that would probably go great with whatever food we were serving. All right, because I got to get you guys out of here real quick. Describe Hardywood in five words. Uh, hmm. Brew with purpose. <laughs> I, I counted those out, and that's only three, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> well, let's see. Five words. Um, Southeast beer brewed with purpose. <laughs> yeah, I like all right, Southeast all right. beer brewed with purpose. I like it. I like it. All right. And then from there, where do you see Hardywood in? I used to do five years on this question, but, but the beer scene changed so much. Where do you see Hardywood in two years? So opening this new facility was a huge step forward for us. I think over the next two years, we're focused on making it work really smoothly. So we're, we're taking a big step forward this year. Um, with a, a much bigger brew house. Um, but our long-term goal is to, to grow very organically and conscientiously. So in the next two years, I don't see us growing, you know, this year is going to be a big year, but the next two years just having um, continual improvement on processes, refining our beers, continuing to come out with some interesting, fun, small batch uh, beers, and hopefully, you know, becoming a little bit more of a household name in the Atlanta market. All right. That, that, I, yeah, I think he, uh, I think he nailed it. All right, and then last question: Why Atlanta? So we've put a lot of thought into what our long-term vision is, and we're never, we don't think Hardywood is on a trajectory to become a national, nationally distributed brewery. I think the days of being able to do that as an independent company are over. And uh, but our focus is to become a really strong regional brewer with a focus in the southeast. And Atlanta is a huge city. We found great partners in Atlanta Beverage and Eagle Rock. Um, we think we provide a really nice complementary addition to their portfolios. And we ultimately feel like um, the, the partners that we have, some of the retail partners um, that exist in Virginia are also here in Atlanta, like Kroger and Publix. Um, so we think it's overall a, a great fit for us. And the hope is that we can excel in Atlanta and continue focusing on developing this market. Um, and maybe slowly um, start expanding our distribution footprint back towards Virginia. Nice. So it seems like in Richmond, Atlanta, Anchor, it's kind of like old school South for real, all the way going back, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it'll be fun the next couple of years to sort of uh, pick out those those next markets dinner. And as Eric said, it just has to make sense. You find the right city that's that's ready for, for Hardywood and, uh, and find the right distribution partners because uh, – 
because that's what makes all the difference. Listen, guys, by the way, this is Tobias Wilborn, rocking for Beard Is, on the CSP Network with the good folks from Hollywood. Want to thank Eric McKay and Patrick Murtaugh for coming on the show. Also, Elizabeth Edelman for setting it up. The lady in charge making sure we don't mess this whole thing up. But it seemed like we kept it on the rails. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank, thank you very you. much. All right, guys, again, it's been Tobias Wilborn for Beard It Is, and we are out. <laughs> <laughs>